If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From LinkedIn News, I'm Leah Smart, host of Everyday Better, an award-winning weekly podcast dedicated to personal development. Whether you're looking for ways to shift your mindset or seeking more fulfillment in your life, we've got you covered. Join me as we dive into captivating stories and research-backed ideas that have empowered me and others to lead lives with more clarity and intention. Everyday Better, making growth an everyday practice. Listen to Everyday Better on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From LinkedIn News, I'm Jesse Hempel, host of the Hello Monday podcast. In my 20s, I knew what career success looked like. In midlife, it's not that simple. Work is changing, we are changing, and there's no guidebook for how to make sense of it. Start your week with the Hello Monday podcast. Listen to Hello Monday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. You may know Jackson Pollock, the painter famous for his iconic drip paintings. But what do you know about his wife, artist Lee Krasner? On Death of an Artist, Krasner and Pollock, the story of the artist who reset the market for American abstract painting, just maybe not the one you're thinking of. Listen to Death of an Artist, Krasner and Pollock on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts. This is the Los Angeles CityCast with Danielle Alvari, presented by Bet Rivers. Welcome in to the Los Angeles CityCast presented by Bet River Sportsbook. I'm your host, Danielle Alvari, and I hate betting on baseball. Just kidding. I don't hate it. In fact, uh, today we're going to talk about how to bet on each of the L.A. sports teams, uh, the ways you can attack each of them, NBA, MLB, NHL, WNBA, the works. That's what we're going to do in our first segment. And, of course, also take a look uh, at the Dodgers, who are headed quickly, swiftly towards the postseason. And then we'll get into the WNBA Game 3 previews with Calvin Wetzel from Spread the Floor and Sportsline. We have a Game 3 on Tuesday and Wednesday. So if you're listening on Tuesday, you get both. And also, uh, we will also have a Wednesday pod this week. And uh, Brendan Glasheen will be here, who does play-by-play for the Connecticut Sun, to preview the Sun and Wings game for Wednesday as well. But Calvin hopped on to preview both of these games. And always forever humbling me. I appreciate it. First of all, called me a storm bandwagoner, which he's not wrong. Uh, now that the storm have knocked off the mystics, who am I supposed to cheer for the aces? That's not as fun. Uh, Sue birds on her final season, you know, the whole storyline thing, but also, uh, Calvin appreciate you for always humbling me also, uh, because <laughs> he just said that he skips through the parts of the podcast that aren't related to the WNBA and like respect. I would as well. I'm a podcast skipper thrower until I find what I want to listen to. And that therein lies the beauty of the LA city cast, <laughs> because if you're here for the WNBA content, you know where to find it. It's usually at the end of the pod, save the good stuff at the end, you know, uh, just kidding. And at the start, we're going to talk all things LA and especially today we are. So maybe, maybe we can get some of you WNBA fans to buy into this today because it's how to bet on each LA sports team. So 
I apologize in advance for skipping uh, the LAFC and the Galaxy, but I'm so not the soccer aficionado. Unfortunately, so I would love to be, but it's not it's not in the cards for me as of now. It would be unwise of me for try to just to try to decipher what what it would make sense to bet because of so many reasons. Also, tennis something I'm not excellent at. Follow Pam Maldonado if you like tennis. Uh, or Gil Alexander does a great job with Vison as well. But if you have a way that you like to bet the LAFC or the LA Galaxy, the soccer, please tweet at me. Let me know. Educate me. Enlighten me. Uh, and of course, before we get into how to bet on each of the LA sports teams, there is action going on for both the Dodgers and the Angels on Tuesday. So if we take a look at those odds, the Angels at the Rays, they did lose by one run, I believe. Uh, actually, I know because I was on a lovely show called My Guys in the Desert, a show I used to host uh, for VEASAN, which is the Vegas Stats and Information Network when I lived in Las Vegas. And then the lovely Stormy Bonatoni took over the show when I left. She's actually going to be switching to a new show um, soon, too, in the works. I don't know if I'm allowed to announce what it is, so we'll just move past that. But I uh, went on her show, My Guys in the Desert, on Monday, and I thought, I'm going to have a little action for the people because this is what I do for a living, so let's have some action for a Monday. And I thought, let's make it an L.A. parlay. That's on theme, right? I'm going to fade the Angels and bet the Dodgers because the Dodgers have won, what, 17 of their last 20? And, you know, they've been just killing it, especially on the run line. That's got more value. You hear me say it on this pod. So uh, I, of course, paired that up, and the Angels did their job and lost. But the Dodgers lost by four to the Brewers, so hopefully they can bounce back. But on Tuesday, the Angels at the Rays. The Angels plus 150 on the money line. The Rays minus 182. It wasn't a blowout, really. And if you wanted to look under the seven, I would understand, frankly. And the Dodgers, if you're looking for a bounce back here from them, hosting the Brewers, plus 125 is the Brewers' money line. Dodgers' money line, minus 148. Suddenly a lot more palatable, not in the 200s. Dodgers minus one and a half runs is plus 150. Sounds better than the minus 125 I had to lay to lose. But nevertheless, there are your odds if you want them. Now let's talk about how to bet each of the LA teams in case you are wondering. Let's start with UCLA. Basketball specifically unders. Uh, Coach Cronin's defense snuffs out even the brightest of offenses. Also, drawing back to last season and I think will also become relevant again this season. Jaime Hawkins Jr. props were so fun. I didn't see these very often at the books I was looking at and we don't always get college basketball props. This was especially more true, true towards the end of the season and obviously into March Madness. But Jaime Hawkins Jr., those props were fun. They cashed pretty well too. You had to pick your spots, of course. I mean, he was injured in and out of a lot of those last couple games. But Really, February through March, points or rebounds, a lot of the times it was rebounds for me, or finding a combo. There was a couple combo plays you could play where, of course, you could do points and rebounds combined if your book offers that, uh, or just to get a certain number of points and rebounds and having that usually be at plus money, uh, depending on the matchup, of course, finding your spots. But I found that these were, were pretty favorable to play. And again, they're college players, so which ones are reliable? Which ones are going to go to the mat every single time? Now you might say, well, Jaime Hawkins Jr., he had ankle issues. He could be in and out. That's valid. But at least UCLA did add 6'10 player Adembona and Abramo Canto from Italy. Hi, freshman coming in. And Amari Bailey also, who came from Sierra Canyon, which is, in case you missed it, uh, where LeBron James's kids play, Bronny and Bryce. So that's what I would say. Basketball, specifically unders for UCLA. No surprise there. If you've been in and around LA or the sports scene or heard of UCLA or USC, 
We often hear that UCLA is the basketball school, which is not the worst thing to be called, frankly. And USC is often called the football school. So I'm going to say for USC, bet football. And it's funny to say for me a little bit because last season, one of my favorite terms to say was a dumpster fire. But I don't think we're going to get that again, unfortunately, for UCLA fans. But fortunately for USC fans, back into prominence. I would look at overs, especially for USC football this year. Uh, Lincoln Riley, Caleb Williams, slew of talented skill players coming in. High expectations. So do keep in mind, asterisk, betting on the overs here, that the books are going to juice those things up. And also, casual bettors. I hate that expression because it's like, what is that? I mean, <laughs> what's the opposite of a casual better too? Like a formal better? <laughs> I know it's like a sharp or something. But like, it's funny to imagine a formal better. Nevertheless, uh, the public, the public money likes to bet over. So you could see some of these USC football game totals get kind of out of control. And then maybe you could look to an under. But again, that would not be a fun bet to sit through. So the name of the game would be get in on these early, get that closing line value on the USC football overs. As for the Lakers, yeah, we're just whipping through these. I bet you didn't think it was going to go this fast. Uh, and that's also something you could say about the Lakers season last year. Futures are a pretty, you know, solid way to bet the Lakers in general because they're always going to be short shots when they have LeBron James on the roster and also in this case AD and uh, maybe this isn't part of the reason you would bet them but Russell Westbrook supposedly back as well. So Lakers to win ticket. Predictable and not usually overly profitable. Thought it was worth mentioning because it almost I was going to compare it to having like an Alabama to win the college football championship ticket, but that's like a little bit of an insult, I think, to Alabama. No shade to LeBron, of course, trying to carry that team on his back. Bless him. But GM LeBron kind of messed up their defense last year. So overs were where it was at. I'm looking for an improvement on defense from the Lakers this year. I think we all are. But their defense fell off so hard last season, and you could really find overs because they were digging themselves out of holes with their offense constantly. Uh, another reason that you were really capable of baiting them on the spread. LeBron James factor made that line sometimes a little bit out of control, maybe a point or two or more higher than it should be. And, I mean, there was times where we were like, is he going to be playing in this game at this point because of the way the season was going? But in general, that line sometimes not very coverable if it's LeBron James versus the world, and it often was. Again, injuries, AD, LeBron himself... Uh, and then Russell Westbrook's inexplicable play. And you guys know I want to root for him. He's a Bruin. But uh, fade on the spread was what what I looked for. So Lakers overs and fade on the spread was the name of the game last year. We'll see if that continues this year moving forward. And if you want to grab a Lakers future ticket, you might as well. I mean, donate the money to the book if you'd like. Maybe they win it, though. Maybe they win it. It's the Lakers. The Clippers do not get enough respect. Here's how you bet them. At least last year, it was unders up until about January, February or so. They added Norman Powell, another Bruin. I can't make this up, guys. This is what happened. Uh, so it was nice to get him back towards home originally from San Diego. But can you guys tell I'm a fan? He, he was a senior when I was a senior. And so I, when I was cheering at UCLA, Normie was playing. And so big fan. Have to support, of course. But going back to the Clippers here, right before they added some of that talent in that helped them immensely on the offensive side of things, especially because they were still waiting to get Paul George back. And of course, no Kawhi in sight. Does anyone know where he is, what he's doing? <laughs> Does he tell anybody what he's doing? Uh, he hasn't texted me back. Anyways, the Clippers D was legit and these unders were cashing. And 
there was a couple games where it would slip up, but more often than not, it was profitable, at least through that start of the season. So you have to admire that this team was playing with mostly, you know, role players, not really playing with their stars at all. And we're just able to culturally and also coaching wise, shout out to hold on to this defensive prowess. And it led to a lot of unders and it was really impressive the amount of games they were able to win with so little big name talent, let's say. Speaking of that big name talent, Paul George, Kawhi, back, looking for that step up on the offensive side in that regard, of course. The Lakers should be worried about them. And speaking of Clippers versus Lakers, if you are getting points with the Clippers in a Clippers versus Lakers matchup, you can probably take them. The Clippers have beat the Lakers more often than the other way around. And I think people forget that. And they just think, oh, well, the Lakers could beat them in a series. If they had to, they would dominate them. But then, like, why don't you try in the regular season? And then people will say, oh, we don't even need to prove anything. Kind of you do at this point. Also, for the Clippers, uh, Zubak rebounds was one of my favorite props to look at last year. So might be worth a perusal in the coming season as well. The LA Sparks of the WNBA... I wrote fade, fade, fade. <laughs> I did. There's 16 and 20 ATS, which for the whole season this year, uh, 36 games for the W this year, 40 next season, get excited. But they were tied for the third worst ATS record. Only below them, the Fever. And if you've been following any of the WNBA action we've talked about, then you know that the Fever just, I think they went on a 16 game losing streak to finish the season is what happened. Uh, feisty as they were, with all the first round picks that they had still the worst ATS record Phoenix just slightly above them and below the sparks and Atlanta tied with the sparks at 16 and 20 ATS. I'm sorry. This season was a mess and I'm, I'm, I'm sad to say it because you know, I love to talk about the W and especially the really inspiring characters within it. Uh, not thinking of Liz Cambage here so much, but NECA and Shanae legit. Uh, NECA was averaging 18 points per game this season, but this team is a mess. They have no identity. They fired their coach at the start of the season, who also went to the mat trying to get Liz Cambage to come. She came and she dipped right before the playoffs when LA was still fighting for a spot. Now, maybe that was actually the, the favor that she could have done to them is get out of the way. But it was just a mess from start to finish. I actually, I mean, I went to my first WNBA game. It was a Sparks game. It was a Sparks Aces game and they got whooped. And I'm going to retell the story. I sat down in my seat. I was exhausted for whatever reason. I got like no sleep. I was working a bunch and I sat in my seat and thought, there's no way this line will be bettable. And lo and behold, aces minus eight slammed it, slammed it, bet the house. Just kidding. Of course, but you get the idea. It was crazy. And of course the <laughs> aces went on to just smoke them. You couldn't even count on overs from LA because sometimes you'd get a no-show offense for like a full two quarters of a game. Like in the game I'm referencing that I attended, the second quarter, the fourth quarter, you would see this frequently from LA and frequently in those second and fourth quarters, which is just like horrific. You could really bet against them in a, a first half capacity or that fourth quarter. It was really bad. Just collapses everywhere. 22 and 14 to the over. Nonetheless, somehow eked that out, even though they were 10th in the league, I believe, in points per game. They have work to do in the offseason. So it was a fade, fade, fade. Ever since they lost Candace Parker, it's been a struggle. I can't imagine what it's like to lose Candace Parker. Uh, but they got le good leadership with NECA, Shanae on that team. Some young talent. Maybe they can figure it out. But it really starts at the top. And like I said, there's a lot of mess. No identity. Figure it out. The Kings. This is how you bet the Kings. The LA Kings said the heavy, heavy hockey better. No. Jokes. 
But I did bet a lot of hockey my first year with VEASAN because it was always on the studio when I was on a show called Primetime Action. So there was a lot of hockey bets um, happening for me in terms of like first periods, especially first period overs or unders, or will there be a goal scored in the first 10 minutes? So I really enjoyed it. I think that hockey is... Uh, an interesting sport to bet for sure. I always laugh remembering back to Gil Alexander talking about how it was just this little puck bouncing around the ice and that there's no strategy and there's no play calling. I mean, that's not, I mean, I don't want to say that's what Gil was saying, but that's what I took away from what Gil was saying was there's so much randomness that's happening out there with this little puck bouncing around in the ice that how could you possibly bet on something so volatile? But there were ways, there were ways. And I think the way you bet on the Kings was as underdogs. So they surprised us a little at the end of the season. They had that young talent, not a bunch of it. They could definitely afford to add a little bit more, but definitely some injuries got in their way last season, still loaded with potential for the coming season, I would imagine. And like I said, surprised us at the end of the season where they were covering games you wouldn't expect. So as an underdog, especially even like on a puck line, which I, normally baseball and hockey, I would stick away from that and steer towards a money line in most situations. But just the Kings as underdogs in general could surprise you, could upset, especially against teams that were not some of those top five teams, not the hurricanes and lightnings of the world. But as an underdog in some situations, it worked. They also added Kevin Fiala via trade in the offseason. They kept Adrian Kempe for the next four years, 5.5 million each of those years. And the Kings now are 32 to one to win the Stanley Cup next year and plus 550 to win the Pacific Division and the Pacific Division is tough. So that tells you about the confidence that the bookmakers have in this team as well. Uh, we'll see how the next season shapes up for them. The Ducks on the pucks, on the puck line as favorites. Now this was very specific, but hear me out. The Ducks on the puck line as favorites. So laying one and a half goals, they covered a decent amount of these, for real. If you could find your spot, too, it was very much a bob and weave moment. But they were 23-18 and 18 overall against the puck line last season, which is not overwhelming in any capacity. But they did cover the, like, against teams, here's, here's what I was saying, as favorites. Games they were supposed to win, they won by a couple goals more often than not. That That's what I'm saying, basically. Uh you, and I mean that meaning like even if they were a slight favorite, like almost a coin flip, but they were at home maybe. That's not what I'm talking about. If they're playing one of the lesser teams and they were supposed to win, they won by like more than a couple goals. Does that make sense? Uh, hopefully so. And also they added at the draft uh, two first-round picks for them. They used the number 10 overall on a defenseman, Pavel Mintyuva, uh, or excuse me, Minty Yukov. Man, rough. And at 22 uh, pick, they took center Nathan Goucher. They also, of course, have Trevor Zagres and Mason McTavish. Things are looking up for the Ducks. There is breakout potential. It's too bad they play in a very stacked Pacific division. They are 75 to 1 to win the Stanley Cup. And this is how little faith the books have in them in their division. 70 to 1 to win the division. So nearly the same odds for them to win the division as to win the cup. That tells you about the strength of the Pacific Division as well. If they can win the division, they could win the cup, apparently. I don't know how true that statement is, but that's kind of what the odds are reflecting. We got two more teams to look at, the Dodgers and the Angels. Uh, the Dodgers run line, 75 and 45 this season. Second best in the MLB, only behind, anybody? The Orioles. Uh, they started on... Uh, well, an 11-game win streak in August, went 16-4 and four in August straight up, and have covered the run line in 14 of those 16 wins. Unfortunately, I was one of the 16. 
no uh it was actually one of the losses it was the loss on monday as i mentioned at the top of the show where they lost by four to the brewers that i decided to hop on the run line so i'm gonna back off so that i can stop jinxing it for everybody else but run line for the dodgers just just a little bit more bang for your buck in return as opposed to have to lay minus 200 minus 300 minus 180 on dodgers money lines also they're 61 and 49 to the under this season third most unders in the league only two in front of them would be another team with good pitching and another team that is just terrible offensively yes the astros and of course the detroit tigers the dodgers by the way, odds at Bet Rivers plus 350 to win the World Series and plus 155 to win the National League. Top of those categories. It's great to be in LA. Unless you're an Angels fan, because the best way to bet the Angels is to not. Just kidding. But fading works. Uh, the Angels have gone 15 and 29 since the start of July. They lost on Monday for me. The Dodgers just didn't hold up their end of the bargain and win uh, in my little LA parlay. But the Angels overall. Similar to the Sparks, just a mess. They're 28th in batting average, 25th in runs per game, 27th in on-base percentage, 30th in strikeouts per game. Do I need to continue here? Here's the odds. 5,000 to 1 to win the World Series for the Angels. Just a mess. And like the Sparks, very little identity outside of we have Shohei Otani. And for how much longer do they actually? That is how to bet each of the LA teams. Maybe we'll rank how profitable each of these LA teams are in a future segment. But hopefully you enjoyed that and hopefully you'll stick with us because now it is time. If you're fast forwarding, this is the moment you're looking for the WNBA game three previews with Calvin Wetzel from spread the floor right here on the Los Angeles city cast presented by bet river Sportsbook. Kick off football season with Bet Rivers Online Sportsbook. All season long, Bet Rivers is your go to sportsbook for all football related content. Check out betrivers.com or download the Bet Rivers app for the latest odds, unique promotions, player props, and more. Every week, Bet Rivers has unique football specials to help you win big. Cheer on your favorite teams and back your favorite players with Bet Rivers. It's a whole new game. Welcome back into the Los Angeles CityCast presented by Bet River Sportsbook. Danielle Avari back here with Calvin Wetzel for I hope not the last time. We still have semifinals and finals to get through, but we do have some game threes going on and I'm very excited to get into this. Calvin, what did you think about the series over the weekend? Did you expect these would be the teams we'd be watching in game threes? Uh, well, I definitely didn't expect them to be the only teams we'd be watching because <laughs> I, I really thought Seattle-Washington was going to give us a Game 3, but uh, that mm -hmm. one didn't work out. I did think that Connecticut-Dallas had a chance to get to Game 3, uh, and it did. So I'm, I'm excited for that one. But, um, yeah, I'm also not surprised that we don't have an Aces-Mercury Game 3. <laughs> yeah, no, I don't think anybody – I told you, the Mercury <laughs> getting in was kind of a letdown almost because yeah. now we have – to, I mean, and for them too, like they just had an, a miserable season. So it was kind of like, please just put them out of their misery. And the Aces <laughs> did. They obliged. But I was, of course, upset because I had the Mystics 15 to 1 ticket sitting in my pocket. And I thought, what the worst possible draw for the Mystics. And do you think at this point they have to be a little bit even more sour than the past? Because in 2018, Seattle's a team that swept them to win the championship. Uh, and the Mystics, again, can't figure out what is it about this Mystic Seattle? It's just a terrible matchup for the Mystics. Yeah, I don't know. You're right. They've uh, they've really had the storm really had their number. And you know, when you look at the year that the Mystics won, uh, that was the year that Brianna Stewart, it, I think, if I remember correctly, was out yeah. the whole year, right? So, mm -hmm. um, I mean, really, Brianna Stewart has had the Mystics number in particular, uh, and again this year. But it's just really tough. Not just that the Mystics threw the storm, but also that the Mystics 
had to be kind of on the short end of the stick of the year where we have five really good teams way better than mm -hmm. everyone else. And, you know, one of those five had to be kind of the odd one out, and that was the Mystics. Yeah, it's really unfortunate. I really, I really believe that the Mystics could have made it to the finals if they had gotten past Seattle. So that is just, just the way it goes. It's the way it breaks. But to that point, do you have any future tickets left or that you're excited about? And should we or should we not look at the Storm? Because I'm still seeing five to ones on the Storm to win this, and they're already in the semifinals. Yeah, no, I've, I've seen some people talking about it. The Storm basically didn't move after they beat the Mystics in Game 2 and punched their ticket to the semis, which doesn't make any sense. So I, I think that's a great one. Uh, I do still have some on the Aces at plus 275 from a lot earlier in the year. So I'm not sure how about how I feel about the Aces in general right now. I definitely would not bet on them at their current odds because I think they're minus odds already in most of the books. But I do feel decent about the 275. I have to imagine this is because the books have so much money on the Aces that people put back at the start of the season when the Aces are just rolling over teams. But minus 139 at Bet Rivers, to your point, definitely at a minus. The Chicago Sky sitting at 4-1. to one. Yeah. That's going to go away if they beat the Liberty. What? That's Absolutely. Okay, so that's interesting. Sky or Storm, if you had to pick one right now, 5-1 to one for the Storm or 4-1 to one for the Sky, which one would you rather have? I think I would take the Storm just because the Storm are already in the semifinals and there's yeah. always that chance that the Liberty do pull that upset in front of their home crowd tomorrow. You think, okay, so let's talk about that. Let's get into the games. I am skeptical, as always, of the Liberty, forever skeptical. <laughs> but the Sky at the Liberty, the Liberty getting seven for the most part, total sitting around 165 and a half. I was surprised to see that kind of higher total, but... We've not seen the same brand of Sky defense that we saw earlier in the season, and we've been seeing some higher scoring games. Now, unfortunately, this actually did not go over 165 and a half in game two because the Sky limited the Liberty to 62 points on Saturday. So huge blowout, won by almost 40 points. And then Wednesday, obviously, we know that New York snuck one by them and won by seven, 98 to 91. Which game do you think this is going to be more similar to? Which New York team are we getting? This New York team is so tough to figure out. I have no idea. If I had, if you maybe choose one, I do think we will probably get closer to game one Liberty. And I think the Liberty at home, game three, I think they can maybe cover this and, and challenge the sky for an upset. But we've talked about, like, every time on the show, I've like broken record, talk about how, you know, high variance the Liberty are. They get blown out mm -hmm. one game, they beat the Aces the next game. To me, I have been starting to think that maybe the correct way to bet on the Liberty, other than maybe just not betting on them, but so we can figure them out, <laughs> That's all we is imagine. to bet on some crazy alternate spreads on both sides. You know, maybe you bet on the Liberty mm. to lose by 20 or the Liberty <laughs> to just like win by six or something as seven point underdogs, you know, because it just feels like you never get an average performance with the Liberty. It's always legendary or terrible. And I don't know which one it'll be, but it doesn't feel like the Liberty are going to lose. What is it right now? Six and a half. It doesn't feel like they're going to lose by six or seven. It doesn't feel like it's going to yeah. be right there. You know, that's what these, these sixes and sevens. Cause there's also a six in game on Wednesday. I don't know what to do with them because I don't think these are going to be close games or within that seven point range. I think it's going to be a blowout or it's going to be a shock and the dog is going to upset. I mean, that's pretty much the two ways I see this going and watch now. It's going to be like a two point game, but that's, <laughs> that's historically what we've seen from these two teams. And also is something that's maybe working. I mean, works to both teams advantages, but I guess I'm giving it to the Liberty here. Is there an advantage in that this will be the seventh time? these teams are playing this season. They've already played six times. And is there any value in that and kind of knowing the opponent? 
Yeah, I mean, I don't know if there's value to either side necessarily. Mm -hmm. Obviously, they both know each other from that. Um, I do think there's value in the fact that the the sky threw the last punch value for the Liberty because the Liberty mm -hmm. are the ones to, you know, the sports books adjusted towards the sky now and the Liberty are the ones who are going to go back on film and make adjustments. Um, and again, obviously, we've talked about already being at home too. Um, I agree with you, though. I, To me, if I were on the Liberty side, I would almost be tempted to just take the money line. And mm -hmm. uh, if I were on the Sky side, I would want to take the spread because I, I agree that I don't think either of these games, and I know we'll get to the other one in a minute, is going to be within that spread. I Like, I don't see either of the underdogs covering but not winning. I think if they cover, they're playing well enough that they are just going to pull the upset. Yeah, I completely agree. And also to that point in the Mystics and Storm final game where the Storm were up, I mean, the Mystics ended up losing by what, 13, 15, something like that. So it wasn't even valuable to get them at like live at 10 and a half or something like that because they just let off the gas at the end. It was over. So you wonder if this, there's going to be a situation like this in a game like New York and Chicago. What do you think of this total? I'm thinking it's pretty dead on for me to not really want to look at either side, but I would lean over here. I'm nervous because they held New York to 62 points in the last game. What do you think? I would lean order as, uh, over as well, but I do think it's pretty pretty close, like you said. Mm. Um, I think it's actually been dropping a little bit. Um, what is it at right now? What do you have it at? Uh, for the total, 165 and a half at Bet Rivers. Yeah, and so it opened, I think, at, let me check, at, yeah, 167 and a half. Uh, so oh. it's been dropping a little bit. So I'm starting to like the over a little bit more. Yeah, I definitely, the 167 and a half was a tough spot to take the over. But the more it drops, you know, uh, as much as, in, you know, you want to get closing line value. But we've seen this year, like, uh, all throughout the season, especially with totals, when the line moves one way, it, it almost feels like just as often that the total goes the other way. So if it keeps dropping, I'll probably be more and more tempted to take the over. If it gets down to like 164 or so, I think I would probably have to take that. What do you think about a team total over in this one? Because that is the one bet I've made. <laughs> it's the Chicago Sky over 85 and a half points. What are your thoughts? I do like that. I think the Sky are definitely a safer team to bet on than, than the Liberty because uh, the Sky... You know, they did come out in game one and, and, you know, turn over a lot. But in general, what you see from the sky is they almost always at least play well for a couple quarters. You never see them have do what the Liberty did in game two and just put four quarters together of absolutely terrible basketball. If the sky mm -hmm. start out really slow, you know they're going to turn it on in the second half and vice versa. So to me, yeah, I think that I can definitely see the sky reaching that number in the mid-80s. Plus, I feel like it'd be like a punctuation point for them at that point. Like, I think that they're going to keep kind of running it up at the end. But that's just me. And they should. They should. They should feel embarrassed that they had to take <laughs> this to New York. But um, I do think this guy win this game. I think we're both on that pit. You said you thought maybe the Liberty had a chance. What What do you? What would you give them percentage-wise? Ooh, uh, just off the top of my head. Off the top. Off the top of my head. Maybe 25%. That's what I'm thinking. I'm thinking 25, which is a lot in betting, actually. Yeah, it is. You're telling me there's a chance. I, I think yeah. they could do it. <laughs> Man, here's the question. I, I already know probably the answer. Do you want to see the Liberty in the semifinals? <laughs> uh, well, when you put it that way, that sounds <laughs> that... like a lot different question than do I want them to win the game, which is it's not, but it kind of <laughs> sounds like it because, I mean, it would be cool to see an upset at the same time, though. 
that's not the matchup that you want as a neutral fan. Uh, when you mm-hmm. have these big five that we talked about, you'd like to see four of those big five going up against each other. It's kind of what we all deserve. So probably not, but I wouldn't mm-hmm. mind it because I do love upsets. <laughs> well, what if we got a Dallas upset as well and we get a Dallas-New York <laughs> semifinal? Then I'm interested. That that could be evenly matched. I would be very interested in that. That would be weird enough and make no sense that I would definitely be intrigued to tune no in. Sense. <laughs> it would make no sense and yet it would make all the sense in the world. Uh, Kalia <laughs> Copper's points prop, by the way, on Bet Rivers, 18 and a half is the number. She's gone over 20 points in three of her last four. What are your thoughts? We thought she was hurt for a second, but she did not look hurt at all, put up 20 points in the last game. Oh, you know, she, I'm leaning over on this one. They've been, uh, the more and more she continues to fill it up, the more they continue to raise this prop. I think it was 15 and a half when it opened mm-hmm. for game one, closed at 16 and a half. And I think we saw 17 and a half in game two. Now it's at 18 and a half. I'm still leaning the over. Although yeah. I will say if I'm going to take the over, I would almost lean towards maybe going on FanDuel. They have the alternate 20 plus, mm-hmm. And I think it's at plus 114 right now. You only need that one extra point. She needs to get to 20 instead of 19. So I think I would mm-hmm. probably lean towards taking the plus money for her to get that extra point and get to 20 plus. She's done that in both games this series, even with the blowout in game two when she sat, obviously, a lot of the fourth quarter. So to me, plus money is pretty good for her to get 20. Sabrina Ionescu, same number, 18 and a half. Only had seven in the last game. We saw why. What do you think? Yeah, you know, I'm leaning over on that one, too, a bounce back from her. And Mm. we always talk about how well she plays in big games. Like game two, maybe it was kind of a big game. They could have closed it out, but it wasn't an elimination game. This is a backs against the wall game. Uh, I definitely would expect Sabrina to show up. And while you're on Bet Rivers, I know Bet Rivers sometimes has those live props. Hopefully we get them for this game because Sabrina's one of my favorite players to bet on the Bet Rivers live props because she's such a second-half player. I could Mm -hmm. see this 18-and-a-half being down somewhere like 15 and a half or 16 and a half after a slow start from her. And then you really want to hammer the over because she will come on strong in the second half, especially the fourth quarter. Um, and you can just get a couple extra points there. Yeah. I, I'm shocked, honestly, also looking at Candace Parker, 13 and a half. She's gone over this four of her last six. It's Candace Parker in a game three. Do you think that she's just going to be doing other things, rebounding, distributing the ball? Or do you think this goes over 13 and a half? Because that might be the one I like the best. Yeah, this one is pretty tough because, you know, last game she was at 15 and a half and I thought mm. that got a little inflated. So I took the under and the blowout definitely helped me catch the under uh, mm-hmm. with, with her sitting at the end. Uh, the, now they yeah. moved it down two whole points. So I don't know. I, th- I think this line is pretty good. But if I had to lean, I would also lean the over on this one. I think all the unders hit in game two because it was a blowout and no one played the fourth quarter. And it mm-hmm. does kind of feel like the sports books maybe adjust it down a little bit too much. I think Sabrina was a 20 and a half for that game. Now she's 18 and a half. Candace is another one. Uh, it feels like maybe they adjusted down a little bit too much because all the unders hit. And now mm-hmm. it'll be bounce back spot and we'll get a lot more overs hitting than unders in this game three. Yeah. I, I mean, I like, I like so many of the overs. <laughs> it yeah, can't all yeah. happen, can they? But I like Clea Copper over 18 and a half. I like Sabrina. Uh, I like, Candace over 13, maybe not as much actually, but Courtney Vandersloot even over 11 and a half. She put up 20 at least twice against them this season. She's gone over that number in both of her last playoff games. So I don't know. I don't know. There's a lot. There's so many options. That's the problem I have right now is there's only one game and there's so many options, <laughs> but we have yeah. another game. We have another game to look at. So let's look at Wednesday, uh, 6 p.m. Pacific start for Sun at Wings. 
Wings getting six, total 164. Last Thursday, Connecticut wins 93 to 68. All is going according to plan. They covered minus 10. And then Sunday hits. Dallas wins 89 to 79, pushing it to a game three. Uh, Dallas covers, got 12 points in that one. Could not believe that. Um, and unfortunately, Connecticut now having to go to Dallas. Is this is this in favor for Dallas, though? We like Dallas on the road. Do we yeah. like Dallas at home? I don't. <laughs> I, to, I, mean, I don't bet it. No, I mean, to me, da- Dallas are the road dogs, and they're not road dogs anymore. They're home. So, yeah. so no, I, I lean the sun on this one. And I think, to me, in terms of this game three, the best thing that happened to the sun if they were going to lose is the way that they lost, especially in the first three quarters. Because if they mm-hmm. lost a really close game where they played well and Dallas just happened to make all their threes or something like that, I mean, that's one thing. But for Connecticut to get run out of their own gym and be down by, like, 30 at the end of three quarters, that's a wake-up call. And this team is one of the best bounce-back teams in the league. They've only lost twice in a row, once all year. Definitely don't see them losing this game. Uh, And I would take them to cover minus six, minus six and a half, minus seven as well. Mm -hmm. Again, no road dog Dallas. Good run from Dallas, but I think it ends here and we see the Sun move on, especially because... I mean, the Sun have to move on at this point. They've been knocking on the door of a championship for so long. They at least have to get to the semifinals. That was your preseason pick. So are you just beating that drum too hard, or do you really believe that the Connecticut (laughs) Sun have what it takes? I do. I think they have what it takes. I am sticking with the Sun as my championship pick until someone at least takes a 2-0 lead on them, if not just completely eliminates them. I was looking for different ways to bet this. What about a sun and sky parlay? You can get that around minus 118 or so. Would that be interesting to you? Or would you rather stick to picking a side here in the sun and wings game? No, I like that parlay a lot because minus 118, that's barely different than your standard minus 110, minus 115. Uh, mm-hmm. You're basically getting the two favorites that are pretty heavy favorites uh, and you just need them both to win. So I do mm-hmm. like that a lot, actually. Although, like we said, the devil's advocate to that is that neither of us really feel like uh, the favorites are going to win without covering. So if you are going to take the favorites, you might Ooh. as well take the spreads. So I'm not sure. Minus 118 feels like a pretty good number, but I still might lean towards just taking the spreads. I think if you really wanted to get wild, you could take the sun minus six and then the sky money line. I don't know if I want to take the sky minus seven, which is, is sounds silly, but that's, I mean, that's where we're at. I like, I think that New York will have a better chance of closing out the game in the fourth quarter than I think the wings will against the sun. Oh, no, no question. I agree with that. So. I, I think the Liberty are – I I would probably pick the Liberty to win on a neutral court over the wings right now. This is so dicey. This is so, so <laughs> dicey. Before, before we move on, um, total, thoughts on the total, 164? I lean over this total. Uh, it went over in the last game. The game before that, it, it went just a little bit under because of a lot of missed – threes especially on the mm. Dallas side uh, I think this game is going to be at least in the mid to upper 160s so I would lean the over on this one however um, it is a game three and there's always going to be that ratcheted up intensity uh, mm. and if if it stays close I would maybe sort of lean towards the under so ultimately I would probably stay away from this one um, uh, mm-hmm. because looks pretty accurate. Yeah. But, uh, I mean, if you made me pick a side, I think I would take the over sun and over 164 is plus 163. That's an option. Yeah. That is I don't mind that. Option. I don't mind that. <laughs> yeah. Let's talk storm and aces really quick before I let you go, because they'll be starting on Sunday in their series, best of five. And they're in the semifinals. Who do you like in this series? Who's going to come out? 
This one's tough. The storm are so hot right now, and, and everyone's yep. starting to get on their bandwagon, and I think the aces <laughs> are seeing that. I still think Me? That are you calling me out? I'm getting on the storm bandwagon. <laughs> you and everyone else. I'm not singling you out. I've, I've seen all over the place. You included, though, before yeah. we got on the, the, the record. I I You're not no wrong, part of though. You're not this. wrong. I mean, they're playing extremely well, and the way they, they took care of Washington, I didn't think the game would be in double digits in game two, So, and I didn't think that the that either team would be able to sweep that series. So the Storm have improved me wrong a lot. Who knows? I still think the Aces have to be favorites in this one. It really depends, though. I'd be interested to see how close – I haven't heard anything – how close Dierka Hamby is to be able mm. to come back. Is, are we going to see her at any point this series? I don't think she's going to be ready for game one. But it's good for the Aces that they have a long break that starts on Sunday. Right? We're recording on Monday. They still they have over mm -hmm. a week, the Aces do, from their last game against the Mercury to this game. So who knows? If they get Dierka Hamby back, I definitely think the Aces will be favorites. I probably think they uh, still should be anyway, and they also get home court in three out of five. But the Storm could definitely give them a run. It's nice and neat and tidy that both teams, too, got the same rest advantage because they both got their series done in two games, and then vice versa is true for the other side of the bracket as well. Uh it's funny because I actually described the storm earlier today on a different show as they reminded me a lot of the sky last season. They entered the playoffs 16 and 16, weren't living up to their potential, but all the pieces were there and all of a sudden took off in playoffs. And so that's the thing is I feel like the storm are just kind of quietly humming along this season and not putting together the kind of dominant performance maybe we saw from the aces earlier in the season. But hello, Brianna Stewart, Sue Bird in her final playoff run. Jewel Lloyd's been incredible. Um, Ezzy Magabor has been incredible as well. So they are all of a sudden, it's like, oh, I forgot about the storm, and there they are. And that's kind of how I felt about the sky last season. They brought Candace Parker back midseason, and all of a sudden it was like, it's on. So I don't know. I think I like the storm a little bit better just depth-wise, and also they've been there before. The Aces have not won one yet, right? The Aces have not won one yet. They've been to a finals. Yeah. They haven't won one. You're right. Uh, and Tina Charles, it's it's obviously a very different situation. Uh, okay, than... Tina Charles is a cheat code, by the way. It's not <laughs> it's not fair to have Brianna Stewart and Tina Charles on your team. Really not fair to have four number one picks. But um, <laughs> I I mean, your comparison with the but sky, yeah, the, the storm are counting. They they tweeted yes. out I think the day they signed her, <laughs> and as they should. But I I mean, to your point about the sky returning Candace Parker, you know, it's obviously a very different situation. Candace was hurt. Ennis played early on in the mm -hmm. year and then got hurt and then came back. Tina mm -hmm. was not hurt, but she just signed with them mid-year. But it's the same, you know, type of deal where you look at a specific player who was not on the court for whatever reason for that team, mm -hmm. whether they were hurt or just not with not on that team yet, right? Uh, that player joins the team again or for the first time, and all of a sudden that team just looks like a totally different team. And I think the Storm, especially. You know, I, I was never a fan, actually, of Tina Charles being in the starting lineup, but I have to admit that the Storm have been playing really well since they put her in the starting lineup, even more so than since uh, when they first signed her. Yeah, shout out Noelle Quinn, a UCLA Bruin. We love her. Um, <laughs> doing a great job with the roster that she has. And also, there's that whole angle of it's Sue Bird's last year. Th is that enough to get them over the hump? And I think it could be with the way they're playing. Yeah, I, I just, I'm upset I don't have a future sticking now, so I'm like, do I grab the storm at five to one? That is the question. I think if you're gonna grab one, that's the one to grab. Are you a narrative better? Are you gonna bet the narrative, the super narrative? I'm, I don't, I don't bet the narrative exclusively, <laughs> but look at the numbers. Look at what the storm have been doing. They've been tearing people up. They've been doing that kind of offense we saw from the aces at the start of the season. Uh, yeah, aces also if one person from that starting lineup goes down or fouls out, trouble. Trouble for them.
Yeah, no, you're right. Especially if uh, that happens before Dierka Hamby comes back. I mean, they've they've been able to manage with four, uh, with three of the of their big five. Absolutely, you're right. The series would definitely swing to Seattle in that case. Seattle's defense is stronger. Do you think we're going to see lower scoring games from the Aces, or do you think this is going to be just points, points everywhere? I think it's going to be points. I think uh, the last game they played, granted, was not a very meaningful game. Uh, it was mm-hmm. on the last day of the season, regular season. Um, this will be a much more meaningful, obviously, series. However, they scored over 200 points in a regulation game uh, between them and that game. And I think we could see a lot of games. I would like to see this be a five-game series. And if it is, I think we could see at least three or four of them, you know, be in the 180s, 190s. They might get one to 200. We'll see. But I think we're going to get a lot of points. Well, to your point, actually, I was going to say I'd love to bet it over in these series, but the numbers might be too high, actually. The, the books might be onto that as well. And if, if we're seeing something in the 179 or 180s, like, oof, that's going to be tough for me to look over. Yeah, as much as high scoring as I think this series will be, if they actually hang a 180 for us, I'll have to take the <laughs> under. I don't know if we've seen a 180 all year, so if we get one, I think you got to hit the under. So much to look forward to this week with playoffs. And and thank you, as always, to Calvin Wetzel for joining us. Check him out on Sportsline and Spread the Floor. Does a great, great job of giving out his bets there. And will you be doing first basket props? Yes, always. Okay. Absolutely. So, so Taylor Fade, follow along. Uh, and thank you so much for listening to the Los Angeles City Cast. We'll have a new show for you on Wednesday. So we'll catch you then for more of the Los Angeles City Cast presented by Bet River Sportsbook.